The Money Show. Make Money Mondays. It's Make Money Mondays, and it's about, oh, what's it now, 1938 as well. Then this evening we have uh, the Managing Executive of Retail and Business Banking at NetBank, Kiko Thomas, joining us on the line. Kiko, thank you so much for the time this evening. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday evening. Good evening, guys, and thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, fantastic, man. So, I mean, if I if I just look through and browse through, if I was to start, just your qualifications, for example, the things you've kind of done. I mean, you know, you have 10 years service. That's what, just at NetBank, for example? I mean, I've spent 10 years being a financial journalist. What was I doing before that? I'm not even going to go into that one. But you were even at Harvard in the USA. How was that? Yeah, it was fantastic. It's a great institution, you know, great tradition and incredible learning environment. Lots of fun there. Yeah. So when you decided then that NetBank was the place I wanted to go to, why? Um, It was a, um, I I loved the values of the organization. And I mean, I've always been someone who gets drawn to places I go and work at or things I work with. I'm always drawn by people. And I was very impressed with the quality of leadership at the time that NetBank made overtures to me and approached me to come and join them as an, as an, as an executive. I um, was a big fan of the leadership. I still am uh, of the leadership of the bank. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was the biggest thing that attracted to me. Yeah. That and a brand that's been around forever. Yeah, I mean, you look, you were you were a former group marketing director then uh, at Barlow World uh, before joining. That was back in January of 2010. Seems like ages ago, right? I mean... You've done a lot in that time. It does feel like a lifetime ago. It doesn't feel like 10 years at all. It just goes to show you, you know, in the life of a person and a country, what 10 years is. A lot can happen. Mm. So let's unpack perhaps your money journey. I mean, one could possibly, I think after 10 years at NetBank, one can call you a banker of sorts. Would you say you're smart with money? Um... I've got a love-hate relationship with money. I love the things I love, and I indulge myself on the things I love. And then often I will reflect on it and punish myself psychologically. (laughs) Um, But as a good banker, I'm always mindful of uh, using money productively. Mm. Um, And also the way I grew up, I grew up in a very thrifty environment. So I'm always mindful of keeping something for a rainy day. So that's what I describe as my love-hate relationship with money. Yeah, let's let's perhaps if you if you'd allow us to perhaps talk about the the thrifty nature under which you were brought up to make you maybe understand money better. Where exactly would you remember your first memory being with with you know your interaction with money, if you want to call it that? Do you know? I remember vividly. My father used to work at a motor assembly factory down in Port Elizabeth, and um, and the one the one day I think I was eight or something. He whisked me over his shoulder and he took me on an off day. I think he'd cut his hand. So he was off sick, but he wanted to visit his friends. Mm. So he took me to the motor assembly line and great camaraderie there. There were all his mates there and guys he worked with. And these are proper blue collar workers who worked in a, at an assembly plant to go and show them his son, to show me off as it were. And, um, and you know, this incredibly hardworking blue collar man embraced me and welcomed me onto the assembly line and a byproduct of that was that I was given spare cash oh, all wow. along as a kid. Yeah, Hendwana, it's good to have you here. <laughs> and I'll get the odd rent and the odd this and that. Yeah. And I walked out of that factory with pockets full of money, actually. So that was my first recollection of money physically. 
how did you spend it though? I mean, did your father just allow you to spend it sort of in any way? Was there direction maybe? Anything of that sort? Or was it just a case of, I'm running? <laughs> Went straight to my mom. My mom took every cent. Oh, wow. Okay. My well. mom was like, I suffer your mother, my lord. So it went straight to my mom. Does that sort of... And I have no doubt that my mom would have deployed it productively. No, of course, yes. I mean, you know, anybody could, could probably attest to that, even in our, even in our own lives. You know, I can pretty much uh, say much of the same uh, at this time. You know, you speak about the, the thriftiness of being raised or, you know, the, the kind of life you sort of grew up under as well then with regards to it being thrifty, uh, quite having to look around for maybe the odd deal or two as well. Did that, you know, how, how, what were the lessons perhaps learned at the time? What was it that moved the way you, or shaped the way you use, you used money at the time? Yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, you wake up later and, I mean, I grew up very humbly, very, very modestly, what I could describe as a, as, a, as a poor community. But in a demographic sense, I never realized that I was poor, actually. Mm. You know, I grew up with a community and a family and people and friends whose lives were rich and full of happiness and joy and camaraderie. And why I'm saying that is that it speaks to money because actually on reflection, there wasn't a lot of the physical money stuff floating around at the mm. time. But the camaraderie of the community and the family that I grew up in and the pure happiness that I grew up under more than made up for the fact that there was very little money going around. And it speaks to the values that guide one's attitude to money. Because if you're happy first and foremost, money becomes an enabler. It doesn't become the thing in and of itself. And um, that's kind of my earliest relationship with money and how I relate to how I grew up and my attitude to money early on. It was be happy first as a person, surround yourself with happiness. Yeah. And if money lubricates those happy experiences, then fantastic. Do you think that's pretty much the same sentiment now? I mean, not just, look, the you know, our surroundings are certainly different, right? Johannesburg and Joburg has, is, is certainly a different allure completely. You know, but do you think that those sentiments around maintaining happiness beyond finances is, is is an element that is alive in some way or other? Without a doubt in my life, you know. Um, um, every single attitude I have, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a simple guy. You know, I grew up in New Brighton and Port Elizabeth. People generally are happy there. And I come from a happy, go-lucky family. Mm. And my attitude first is just be chuffed with your station in life and the person you are and the kind of person that you want to be. Hmm. Money, to the extent that it is available, can enhance those experiences. I still keep a very close circle of friends, some of which are people I grew up with, yeah. others being people I picked up along the way. I like, picked up the odd, the odd scoundrel as friend. Uh, so so is that me? Are, are you naming me as the scoundrel, Kiko? I, d- I didn't want to do it on national radio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so keeping that tight circle matters, right? It, it changes... And money can then create experiences around that. If it becomes the thing, then it spoils relationships. Because there's always going to be a guy or a girl who's got more of the stuff than you. Yeah. You know? And if your relationship is defined by the stuff, then you're never going to have a proper relationship. Sure. I, I, I suppose one thing that I've always looked at when it comes to money is just whether it changes relationships. You know, and whether... 
the people you've, you know, as you noted, you, you still keep a group of friends that you grew up with, for example. Do you find that it's changed the way you guys relate? You know, you, 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 you both understand each other and your services, uh, not, not your services, but basically the way you relate to each other. Is it entirely different? It can test relationships. I mean, I've been a, an entrepreneur in my previous, li- my previous life and I still am outside of my day to day job. And part of that was having relationships with business partners where you start off as friends and you, and that friendship gets tested by the money. But ultimately it's about the strength of character amongst all of you, not just in the individual, but amongst all of you as a friend, as a friendship that goes back to the basic tenets of what defines that friendship. And if that friendship is built on solid values, then irrespective of the tensions that inevitably you would have around money, yeah. you're able to get around those hurdles around tests to the friendship pretty quickly if the values of the relationship are solid. So if I look back on my personal experiences, I mean, we're tested as business partners and as mates, but our friendship remains rock solid to this day. In fact, if anything, it probably emerged even stronger after the tests that came with inevitably with money. Um, and that's where this relationship stand even up to this day. So important to get that relationship right as well. Make Money Monday's guest, Tico Thomas, joining us on the line, Managing Executive of Retail and Business Banking at NetBank. We're going to continue this Make Money Monday's discussion right after this, Tico. So do stay tuned. We'll be back right after this one. The Money Show. Make Money Mondays. Make Money Mondays is with Tiko Thomas this evening, Managing Executive of Retail and Business Banking at NetBank. Tiko, thank you again for the time. So we, before this, we we're really just talking about the values it's perhaps created within friends, within, you know, those relationships that it's been so, so significant and important. But we're done with all the sobby stuff. Now we're going to get to the real fun stuff, if you want to call it that. So sure. we won't talk about you know, which bank account it was, but your first bank account, at what age was that? It was at the, I was about 13 or 14 and it's easy. It was NBS. It's part of NetBank. So it was NetBank. <laughs> so, so, Obviously. Oh, so fitting, isn't it? Oh, just so fitting. And, and I mean, it's, and that's true. It, true. So, I mean, the joy though, of right? Having that, that plastic in your hand to say, you know, you, you feel sort of enriched or, or perhaps, you know, that you, it's a coming of age almost, isn't it? It's a big ritual owning a bank account, you know. Um, when you get that piece of plastic with your name engraved on it, it, um, yeah, it's an awakening of sorts. Um, you know, people talk of financial freedom and what it means. In my mind, the idea of having a bank account and um, the beginning of a journey to control your own finances, for me, is a great statement of the beginning of financial freedom. Absolutely. And your first paying job then? I mean, the first time you, you know, how small though? And, and, and I, I really pick on the small stuff because you, yes, the CV is glowing with all of this stuff, but there's stuff that you don't put on the CV. I mean, there's stuff like waitering that I did that I won't necessarily put on the CV, but you know, I did do that. I, I didn't waiter. I did far worse. Um, I used there's to. Work, any, there's used something to worse? Yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you. Try, 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 try working at a lab that tests used lubricants and oil in the middle of Atlantis in the Western Cape. Uh, that was my first oh my working gosh. job. It was vacation work at university, and I hated it because the place stank. 
there's nothing like the smell of dirty, gritty oil that comes of trucks and buses oh, after wow. it's been used. And you're doing sustainability and viscosity tests on that oil. And that was my job. You have to boil the oil at 400 degrees. Uh, so the place was hot and stinky um, all the time. So, I mean, the money was nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's the benefit, right? But I mean, you'd go home probably smelling of all of that as well. It was this a point in time where you perhaps no longer could live at home. You'd have to find another place to sort of stay. Yeah. So when I was doing this job, I mean, I used to work with um, these three guys. It was in the middle of, sorry, I said Atlantis, in the middle of Pardon Island in Cape Town. So I shared a digs with these guys, um, a guy called Gary and a guy called Earl. And we all worked at the lab together and we shared the digs and they were characters of note. I mean, they still, there was amongst my earliest professional friends mm. and they remain my friends to this day. Lovely guys. But we all stank. <laughs> A shared so stink. And imagine the kinds of things that we couldn't do, especially with members of the fairer sex. Oh, yeah. Making it a little harder for you, isn't it? What perhaps then, I mean, a little bit earlier on, we spoke about you liking the things you like and, you know, affording yourself those pleasures. What are they? What are those perhaps smaller Nyana skeletons, if you want to call it that too? So, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I started, I remember when I arrived in Joburg, I mean, I was this proper body from the Eastern Cape who had a deep and undying love for Orlando Paris. So all I wanted to do was to go mainly, and watch every Orlando Paris match I could watch. Is that mainly because there weren't really that many soccer teams from the Eastern Cape? I mean, it's it's still the, pretty much the case right now, right? There, there's hardly any soccer in the Eastern Cape. There's only one soccer. There's only one soccer team in the country. That was the real reason. This is true. So, and that being Orlando Pirates, correct? The Mighty Bucks. This is Absolutely. exactly why we're friends. Go. All right, love it. <laughs> so, yes, you came up to Joburg, <laughs> and that's all you wanted to watch. So, so I watched. I watched football. Um, I love gadgets. Anyone who knows me will, will tell you that I love gadgets. I think I love audio systems. So, I spend my money going to watch Pirates all over the place. I spent my money buying audio systems. Um, I have audio gadgets and equipment and accessories that I don't know. I don't even need for. I still have them up to this day. <laughs> um, and then I love music. I absolutely love music again. Um, unfortunately, this was in the ta- in the days when, you know, you didn't have to download. You have to buy the hardware, you know. So yes. I spent a lot of my money at a place called CD Warehouse in Rosebank, Um I probably held up their revenue lines pretty well, and I spent a lot of money there. I still have a massive CD and vinyl collection. Some are built earlier, but you know, CDs and vinyls that I bought from as early as that time. Sure, I can actually remember uh, CD Warehouse actually as well, and I have quite a, a CD collection myself, uh, which started you know when I was much younger. But it, it's just weird how things have just evolved and changed. Would you say that? Is your biggest extravagance now perhaps things like music or the like? Or is it maybe other things that you've evolved to? I mean, for me right now, really suits are a big thing. But maybe for you, watches, yeah. anything of that sort? Yeah, so 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 there's a little bit of love. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged in that in my entrepreneurial spell, one of the businesses that we got to invest in were car dealerships. So, I mean, here I was, you know, a guy who loves cars, um, owning a dealership that sold BMWs and another one that sold VWs. So that came with the perks of GTIs. So I also have a love for cars 
in particular the VW Golf brand and the BMW brand. They remain enduring up to this day. But I also collect, I buy art. I buy art. I hate saying I collect art. Yeah. I buy art. I've been buying art since university. And um, and I love buying art. And, uh, you know, there's something about kind of art and artists that are close and dear to my art that just sees me spending money on them. So that's my indulgence. And, mm. of course, like any, most guys, I buy sneakers as well. Yeah, I, I've actually recently gotten into the sneaker fest, if you want to call it that. All right, go very finally, what or how much is enough if there was ever to be such a thing for you? If it gives you satisfaction and fulfillment emotionally, it's enough. If it starts causing tensions with other people because you perceive that there's too little or too much of it, then so certainly if there's too much of it, then it's too much, you know? So if it gives you a sense of personal, deep personal satisfactions and little pleasures, then it's enough. A message well, well worth hearing from. Gliko Thomas himself, thank you so much this evening, Gliko, for, for actually being with us and just joining us for, for this Make Money Mondays uh, conversation as well. Managing Executive of Retail and Business Banking at NetBank, Gliko Thomas, joining us this evening as our Make Money Mondays guest.